Listen to one of this year's top true crime podcasts. Unknown Subject, Season 3 of WTOP's American Nightmare podcast is out now on all podcast platforms. 55 miles an hour, our lows upper 20s to mid-30s. Mike Stinnefer, WTOP News. We have lots of clouds and lots of rain right now in the WTOP listening area. Temperatures are still holding at 60 degrees in Hyattsville, 61 in Foggy Bottom. 359. This is WTOP News. Facts matter. This hour of news is brought to you by Lido Pizza. Lido Pizza never cuts corners. Good afternoon. I'm Ian Kramer. I'm Sean Anderson. Coming up. Breaking news from Capitol Hill. It's time for the next generation of leadership. Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell says he's stepping down from his leadership post in November. We'll get the latest from CBS News. Then we'll go in-depth with Congressional Correspondent Scott McFarland coming up at 415. Say goodbye to our warm temperatures. A cold front is moving in. We'll be coping with rain and wind until tomorrow morning. My FedEx field will soon bear a new name. I'm Mike Marilla. On Wall Street before the close, the Dow is down 28 points. WTOP at 4 o'clock. Is CBS News on the Hour, sponsored by Progressive Insurance. I'm Monica Ricks. Encouraging words following President Biden's annual physical today. He was happy with how everything went. But White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre says results weren't much different for the 81-year-old than last year. And you've heard us say this, and I'll reiterate this, the president's doctor has said, if you look at what this president, the president who is also the commander-in-chief, he passes a cognitive test every day, every day. As he moves from one topic to another topic. Biden's gotten a lot of flack about his age as he seeks a second term. Age a factor in 82-year-old Mitch McConnell's decision today to retire from his leadership role in the Senate after nearly 17 years. One of life's most underappreciated talents is to know when it's time to move on to life's next chapter. He'll step down after the November election. Dry conditions now fueling several dangerous wildfires in Texas where firefighters have fanned out across the panhandle. CBS's Dave Malkoff is there. They have bulldozers on the south flank of this fire. They are trying to cut a fire line. What that means is they are trying to get every bit of vegetation, every bit of anything that can burn out of the way with those bulldozers and cut a fire line right down to the mineral soil right there because dirt can't burn. The execution of serial killer Thomas Creech has been postponed in Idaho following a botched lethal injection. Rebecca Boone was a media witness. When the warden announced that the execution would be halted, Mr. Creech looked at the people in the separate room. Um, His witnesses waved at them again and then um, sort of closed his eyes and shook his head. This would be the state's first execution in 12 years. Russian opposition leader Alexei Navalny's widow attended the European Parliament today. Yulia Navalnaya was greeted warmly. She warned European lawmakers Vladimir Putin is not a politician, but what she called a bloody monster. She also said her husband's funeral in southeast Moscow could be interrupted. I'm not sure yet whether it will be peaceful or whether the police will arrest those who have come to say goodbye. That's CBS's Cammie McCormick reporting. Wendy's is dealing with frosty feedback to its new surge pricing plan. The fast food chain says it will not jack up prices during peak lunch and dinner hours, despite announcing just yesterday that it's launching digital members to hike prices on demand. The new model takes effect next year. And we are following breaking news out of Hollywood, where comedian and actor Richard Lewis has died. His publicist says he suffered a heart attack last night in Los Los Angeles. Lou Richard was 76 years old. This is CBS News.
Sponsored by Progressive Insurance. Drivers who switch and save with Progressive save nearly $750 on average. Call or click today and find out if we could save you hundreds on your car insurance. 403 on WTOP, February 28th, 2024. We've got rain, we've got wind, and our temperature's still at 61 in D.C. I'm Sean Anderson. And I'm Ian Kramer. And our top local story this hour is the weather around our region today. This afternoon's weather is blah. Could get worse than this. More intense wind and rain is possibly headed our way. Let's get a live update. Here's WTOP meteorologist Mike Sinniford. Mike, take us through the afternoon. And good afternoon, and you're watching a developing squall line ahead of a strong cold front now developing across portions of western Maryland and eastern portions of West Virginia. I expect the squall line to hit the I-81 corridor around 4.30, 4.45, then rapidly sweep across the region in between about 5 p.m. and 7 p.m. this evening. Uh, now, our seeing wind gusts uh, behind the front as the front comes through and behind it of over 50 miles an hour. just saw a wind gust of 55 miles an hour in Elkins, West Virginia, wind gusting to 52 miles an hour right now in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And that's an example of the winds we may see across the region, especially as the front comes through and just behind it. So we have a double-barreled threat this afternoon. Risk of some severe thunderstorms as that cold front approaches over the next couple of hours. That'll be out of here by about 6 or 7 o'clock. But with the front and behind it, there'll be a risk of wind gusts of 50 to 60 miles an hour. And because of that, there's a wind advisory in effect until 4 a.m. Thursday morning. And I'll be back in just a couple of minutes with your complete forecast. All right. Thanks, Mike. 404, there is a name change involving the Washington Command. No, not the team name, but the name of the place where they currently play. FedEx Field is now Commander's Field, at least for the time being. This comes as shipping giant FedEx says it wants its name taken down from the Landover Stadium. Our story from WTOP's Mike Marillo. The $205 million deal done in 1999 is ending as FedEx says it's taking the option to leave the deal two years early. The option coming with the sale of the team to the Josh Harris Group last year. It's roughly a $15 million loss for the team. That's a lot of money. But it's also a situation Matt Winkler, who teaches sports analytics and management at American University, says the team is probably prepared for. And he also believes there are interested sponsors waiting. There are some regional brands out there that I think would be interested. It's the NFL. It's the biggest eyeballs in the country, the richest league in the world. But he says finding the right one will be key and can take time. He expects only a short-term deal since the team is still deciding on its long-term home plans. Mike Marillo, WTOP News. Well, now to another major development involving professional sports teams and where they play in our region. We are hearing from Virginia Governor Glenn Youngkin's office this afternoon following a Richmond Times-Dispatch report that the governor has been meeting privately with lawmakers to keep the proposed legislation for a $2 billion sports arena in Alexandria's Potomac Yard alive in the General Assembly. The paper says Yunkin has proposed a $322 million plan to bring toll relief to the Hampton Roads area using money from the proposed Alexandria Arena. Now, this latest move comes after Democratic Senator Louise Lucas, the head of the Senate Finance Committee, who was opposed to the arena deal, did not allow a hearing on the legislation to build the facility in Alexandria for the Caps and Wizards. A spokesman for Governor Yunkin tells WTOP this afternoon he remains open to providing permanent toll relief for the tunnels between Portsmouth and Norfolk from the revenue created from the arena deal. The spokesman declined to comment on the private conversations or specific proposals. It is 4.06 and it's been 10 years since a metro train filled with smoke near LaFlante Plaza and one person was killed. Dozens of others got sick from all that smoke. This afternoon, we're learning that even after a decade, safety regulators say the rail system is still not doing enough to make sure its operators can handle that kind of emergency. 
The update now from WTOP's Nick Ionelli. The independent agency that oversees safety on Metro says the rail system is not complying with its own rules for safety training. The Washington Metro Rail Safety Commission says some train operators have been listed as being certified even though they haven't done a required demonstration showing that they know how to use an environmental system shutoff device which can stop smoke from quickly entering a train during an emergency like what happened in 2015 during the deadly incident near L'Enfant Plaza. As a result, the Safety Commission is ordering Metro to do a number of things, including to identify which employees have not been properly certified and to develop a plan to ensure that certification requirements are not overlooked in the future. Nick Einelli, WTOP News. 407, a district mother is taking matters into her own hands when it comes to keeping her kids safe as they walk to school. WTOP Scott Gelman tells us she's taking action because drivers in her neighborhood apparently ignore the crosswalks too many times. City leaders are paying attention and are working on fixes. In the mornings, 11th and G Streets in Southeast D.C. near Tyler Elementary School get backed up with commuters. I was almost hit last week helping a student across. There are crossing guards near the school, but parent Allison McGill says drivers aren't stopping at crosswalks without them. She's working with council member Charles Allen to make the area safer for kids walking to school. We've got crossing guards. We've got parents putting on vests and stepping out into traffic, and it's still incredibly dangerous. McGill is one of those parents. My husband got me extra insurance in case I get injured doing this. More police and a lower speed limit are possible, but Allen suspects it's more of an infrastructure issue. It's built for speed. It's built to move people in cars. Scott Gelman, WTOP News. We're waiting to hear back from DDOT about its plans for the area. Coming up in Money News after traffic and weather. And OpenAI might need to hire some more lawyers. I'm Brendan Hazelton. It's 408. Michael and Sons heating tune-up for only $59. Michael and Son. Traffic and weather on the 8th. Dave Dildine in the WTOP Traffic Center. Leaving D.C. on I-295 and 395. Southbound delays still from Bowling to the Beltway, where the work zone cleared on 295. Better late than never. On 395, southbound backed up on the freeway, backed up at the church at 6th. Everywhere you look, there's a frown, but southbound lanes are open despite the light rain and heavy traffic into Virginia. GW Parkway southbound beyond the Key Bridge apparently still have one damaged in a travel lane left over from last hour. Volume delays in the Beltway, 66 and 95 in Virginia. On 495 in Montgomery County on the Interloop, slow traffic, Old Georgetown Road past Connecticut Avenue. Crews are still blocking the right lane, protecting a damaging pothole. The right lane is still blocked near the Temple. Heading up to Georgia Avenue, the pace improves beyond that emergency work. 270 northbound slowdowns on wet pavement, Rockville into Gaithersburg. Southbound ramp to 370. That is where someone lost control and spun out. Might only be one ramp lane getting by that. Baltimore Washington Parkway on and off delays. Route 50 out at the Bay Bridge. It's uh, too wet and windy for two-way traffic. You're limited to the eastbound span. Delays begin just past Cape St. Clair Road. Go electric the Fitzway. Looking for an electric car? Try the new Subaru Solterra, Hyundai Ioniq or Toyota BZ4X. State and federal incentives available. Go electric at FitzMall.com. I'm Dave Doline, WTOP Traffic. It's going to be a crazy few hours as far as our weather is concerned. Let's go to WTOP Meteorology. 
meteorologist Mike Steneford. Wind advisory in effect until 4 a.m. Thursday morning for wind gusts over 55 miles an hour at times. Over the next several hours, strong cold front comes away, showers and storms. Some storms could be severe, and it's going to turn quite windy as that front approaches. Later tonight, showers will end, the skies will clear, but it's going to stay quite windy. It could be some wind damage overnight. Our lows upper 20s to mid-30s. Lots of sunshine, still breezy Thursday. Highs 45 to 50. Increasing clouds are warmer by Friday with highs in the mid-50s. Mike Stennifer, WTOP News. Okay, as we take a look at the radar, still plenty of rain in the WTOP listening area. Most the heaviest rain, I guess we should say, is uh, well south of the district, but uh, plenty of it, and the winds are just moving in. We are already hearing wind gusts of 50 miles an hour plus coming in from West Virginia and Western Virginia. 60 in Gaithersburg, 60 in Arlington, 60 in Lanham, and we're brought to you this afternoon by Long Fence. Save 25% on decks, pavers, and fences. Six months, no payment, no interest. Conditions apply. Go to longfence.com. WTOP's Money News at 10 and 40 past the hour to Brendan Hazelton. Sean, news industry outlets, uh, I should say news industry lawsuits are piling up for OpenAI, the company behind artificial intelligence-fueled chatbot ChatGPT. Digital outlets The Intercept, Raw Story, and Alternet sued OpenAI today, saying the company used their journalism without permission, credit, or payment. The outlets follow similar copyright infringement suits filed by the New York Times and authors, including actor-comedian Sarah Silverman. CEO Elon Musk says Tesla plans to start shipping its long-delayed new Roadster sports car at the end of next year. In a series of reports on X today, I should say posts on X, Musk says Tesla has finished the vehicle's design says the car will be capable of hitting 60 miles an hour in a second, which in his words is the least interesting part. Not such a fast day on Wall Street. The Dow lost 23 points. NASDAQ fell 88. That's a loss of one half of 1%. S&P down 8. Brennan Hazelton, WTOP News. Drought, war, and rising food prices have devastated families in poverty. $50 provides a food kit to feed a family for a month. Just text the word radio to 97646. Coming up, we have got breaking news on a deal to keep the federal government open beyond Friday night. Just a few minutes, we're going to be joined by CBS News Congressional Correspondent Scott McFarland with the details. 413. For Mervis Diamond Importers, I'm Ronnie Mervis. Over a billion years ago, diamonds were formed deep under the Earth's surface. Then, in 1871, a great event occurred when the richest diamond field in history was discovered in South Africa. News spread like wildfire. The rush was on. By the early 1900s, Morris Mervis was furiously working the diggings, and the Mervis Company had become a leading diamond trader. Today, Mervis Diamond Importers is active globally, and our diamonds rank among the best in the world. We provide value because we import direct. There is no middleman. The Mervis Diamond selection is legendary. If you're only going to buy one diamond for the rest of your life, make sure it's a Mervis Diamond. Mervis Diamond Importers. Mervis means more diamonds, much better quality, and the most value. Mervis is the ringleader for the latest engagement rings and wedding bands. Easy financing is available. For an appointment, go to MervisDiamond.com or call 800-HER-LOVE. That's MervisDiamond.com or 800-HER-LOVE. At University of Maryland Global Campus, we give our students credit. Credit for deciding while stuck in traffic to get a bachelor's degree. Credit for managing three kids, two dogs, and a full-time job to pursue an MBA. Students at UMGC can use prior learning or relevant experience to earn up to 90 credits toward a degree or certificate. That's giving credit where credit is due. 
Flexible online and hybrid undergraduate classes start March 13th. Learn more at umgc.edu. Certified to operate in Virginia by Chev. Breaking news on WTOP. We are just learning of a potential deal to avoid a federal government shutdown this weekend and to keep the government funded a little while longer while members of Congress hash out something more permanent. CBS News Congressional Correspondent Scott McFarland joins us live. Scott, here we are. You said this was going to happen. What do we know so far about this deal? This is the fourth time we've said this since September 30th, but there's been a temporary extension of the deadline to keep the government open. What congressional negotiators seem to have accomplished late this afternoon, and as they found some common ground on some of the lower level or less contentious spending issues, how to fund agriculture, transportation, housing, military construction. And because they've made some progress, they're going to punt the deadlines for a government shutdown from this Friday and next Friday to later in the month, till later in March, so they can get through the harder things like the contentious military funding and homeland security and things that may tie them up a little bit more in knots. So we have a reprieve, but it's a reprieve you can measure in days, not months or a year the way it's supposed to be. Scott, we remember that former House Speaker Kevin McCarthy got into big trouble with uh, some of his fellow Republicans over cutting these kinds of deals as House Speaker Mike Johnson's job in jeopardy as a result of this. Yeah, Kevin McCarthy didn't just get in trouble, right? You said it. He lost his job because of it. He was no longer the speaker after cutting one of these deals with Democrats. This will be the third time Mike Johnson's done so. We'll see if he's running out of rope. Or if he's been extended more latitude because the margins are just so narrow. You know, at 7 p.m. here at the Capitol, they're swearing in a new Democrat from Long Island, Tom Swasey, who won that special election earlier this month. That means Republicans can only lose two or three votes from their party on anything. That's almost an untenable, if not invisible, majority to navigate. Scott, the other big news on the Hill today, Senate Republican leader Mitch McConnell says he'll leave the leadership post come November. What's going on here? Not a surprise, but kind of a surprise. He's the longest serving Republican Senate leader in history, and he is just a fixture around here where you know they're going to be naming rooms and wings of the building after him. Um, He's a leader with potentially fewer followers, though. I mean, there is a group of Senate Republicans who are deeply devoted to all things Donald Trump. And Mitch McConnell is one of the more unequivocal unambiguous critics of Donald Trump at this point in time. And it was really telling yesterday. We talked about this, Ann. But after the White House meeting, House Speaker Mike Johnson walked out to the cameras without Mitch McConnell at his side, indicating there's a divide among Republican leaders. And it looks like Mitch McConnell is acknowledging that potentially this is the time for him to end his attempt to lead. And what about potential replacements? Uh, What's the early going here on that? It's it's so hard to measure, Sean, because, you know, are we going to be in a Donald Trump run world next year or a Joe Biden run world next year? That really could change the calculus. Um, Among the contenders are the three Johns, John Thune of South Dakota, John Cornyn of Texas, John Barrasso of Wyoming. Until very recently, John Thune had not endorsed Donald Trump. John Barrasso was a devoted endorser of Donald Trump. So I think what happens in November is going to impact us in so many ways. And one of them is who's likely to be the Senate leader. Scott, thank you for the late breaking details. We appreciate it. Of course. CBS News congressional correspondent Scott McFarlane. 
quick look at the top stories we're working on for you. WTOP. We are following that breaking news. As you've been hearing, a deal is coming together to avoid a government shutdown this weekend. Also breaking, veteran comedian Richard Lewis has died at the age of 76. His material often featured his own life and his own neuroses. We'll look back on his life in a CBS News special report in minutes. Keep it here for full details on these stories in the minutes ahead. It's 418 traffic and weather on the 8th. Let's go to Dave Dildine in the WTOP Traffic Center. Slippery and slow on the Beltway's interlube coming out of Tyson's across the Legion Bridge and even slower moving eastbound from Old Georgetown Road into Silver Spring on the Beltway between Connecticut Avenue and Georgia Avenue. The pothole and the lane closure persist. On the interloop, the right lane is still blocked near the temple. Northbound on 270, slow traffic through Rockville. Lots of road spray moving into Gaithersburg. Southbound, the ramp to go eastbound on 370 had a spin out on it. No mishaps on 95 at the BW Parkway. Slower on the parkway near Laurel and Fort Meade. Route 50 at the Bay Bridge. It is too wet and windy for two-way traffic. Eastbound delays begin after the exit for Cape St. Clair, St. Margaret's Road. Leaving the district, DC 295, heavy traffic, much of the way from the 11th Street Bridge to Eastern Avenue. Southbound riding the brakes from Suitland Parkway down to the Beltway. Late to clear work zone is clear near National Harbor. Lanes and ramps are open. 395 is packed both ways between the tunnels and Crystal City heading for the 14th Street Bridge, whether you're inbound or outbound. Along the Potomac River, southbound of the George Washington Parkway, slow under the Key Bridge. Still have one damaged blocking a lane in the path of southbound drivers on the parkway. Northbound heavy approaching the Beltway. And on the Beltway in Virginia, lots of slow traffic on the outer loop from 7 to Gallows, from Van Dorn to the Wilson Bridge, even on the inner loop coming out of Alexandria. And many southbound slowdowns on 395 and 95, as well as 66, generally west of the Beltway on wet pavement. Families in poverty are facing a global food crisis. $50 provides a food kit to feed a family for a month. Just text the word RADIO to 97646. Sponsored by Compassion International. I'm Dave Dildine, WTOP Traffic. All right, we've got some interesting weather coming our way. WTOP meteorologist Mike Sinnefer joins us, Mike. And good afternoon, Ed. Watching a band of moderate to heavy rain now, getting ready to move right across I-95, the entire I-95 corridor in our listening area from Baltimore through the district, southward to Fredericksburg, and then southward all the way to Richmond. So uh, slow down, lights on, wipers on. We should be okay. We're going to get a brief break behind this. But we're watching a developing squall line that's now getting ready to move into the Shenandoah Valley of uh, Virginia, and we are going to see some heavy rain and some gusty winds associated with this line in the next 20 to 30 minutes along much of the I-81 corridor. So we'll keep a close eye on that. Then further to the west, after the front comes through, we're seeing some really high winds developing in portions of Pennsylvania and uh, portions of West Virginia. Reports of some trees down around the Pittsburgh area and also a wind gust of 55 miles an hour in Elkins, West Virginia. And so that's why the wind advisories, in effect, we'll see the highest winds along and behind the front, which will come through the area between about 5 and 7 o'clock this evening. So we'll keep a close eye on that. Still a low risk of a severe thunderstorm over the next couple of hours as that cold front comes our way along with the risk of some heavy rain. But the big story will be the very high winds along and behind the front later tonight. The rain will move out. And we could see wind gusts of 50 to 60 miles an hour for a time behind the front this evening. And overnight it will be colder. Our lows upper 20s to mid-30s. Sunshine breezy tomorrow, 45 to 50 are high. Skies will cloud up. It will be warmer by Friday with highs in the mid-50s. And right now, Sean and Ann, we've got a temperature of 61 at Reagan National. All right, and we're brought to you by Gutter Helmet. Don't overlook your home's gutter system. Call Gutter Helmet by Lednor Home Solutions at 888-5-HELMET. Coming up on WTOP. 
What's a quantum nose and how could it help eliminate food waste? I'm Luke Lukert. 421. There's something magical about unboxing. When you unbox BritBox, you uncover a world of British entertainment. Stream the UK's most brilliant series, including new and upcoming seasons of Shetland, Father Brown and Death in Paradise. Plus new originals like Payback, Irving Welsh's Crime and Archie. The story of Hollywood's greatest leading man, Cary Grant. Unbox BritBox and escape to the best of British TV. Stream with a free trial at BritBox.com. It's not surprising America's banks are raising concerns about the Fed's new proposal to increase capital requirements. But what may be surprising is so are people, companies, and groups across America, Democrats and Republicans, corporations and nonprofits, manufacturers and consumers, even groups in Alabama and California. America's speaking out in rare agreement against the new capital rules. Is the Fed listening? Protect our economy. Paid for by Center Forward. Government watchdogs have a growing volume of data to root out fraud. Here's Amanda Warfield, the Vice President of Program Integrity at OptumServe, on how agencies can automate this work. We can identify all of the potential fraud cases that we want, but being able to put resources on them to investigate them is time consuming. So I think looking strategically at technology can really be advantageous, you know, across the board on the private and public side. Listen to the full interview on federalnewsnetwork.com. Keyword OptumServe. As the federal health services business of Optum and United Health Group, OptumServe offers federal agencies the robust health IT solutions that have proven successful at one of the largest healthcare organizations in the world, United Health Group. Our extensive healthcare knowledge, combined with our end-to-end technology and services, allows us to be a unique partner to help federal agencies tackle challenges like fraud and abuse. To learn more, visit OptumServe.com. That's OptumServe.com. This is WTOP News. 423. Do you skip over certain items at a grocery store because they are close to the sell-by or use-by date? WTOP's Luke Lukert explains how new technology from a local school hopes to make sure your shopping dollars won't go to waste. NourishNet would use a quantum nose, a device that's about the size of an iPhone. He uses it to basically look at the gas from bacteria that would have contaminated like your chicken or your meat. Stephanie Lansing with the College of Agriculture and Natural Resources at the University of Maryland says their technology would then track how fresh the food is. If it might spoil before it can be sold, a restaurant or grocery store can then easily donate it to a food bank. Well, often at food pantries, it may be canned goods, but the fresh food is really the part that is the most difficult because of that time. They recently won a $5 million grant from the National Science Foundation with hopes to bring the project to market in a few years. Luke Luger, WTOP News. Well, a day after it was reported by virtually everyone <laughs> that Wendy's was going to test out surge pricing during the busiest times at the fast food change chains, that is, the company now says it has no plans to do that. And basically, it claims the media reports were wrong. Mm. Now, Wendy said said that its digital menu boards could, quote, allow us to change the menu offerings at different times of day and offer discounts and value offers to our customers more easily, particularly in the slower times of day. But again, Wendy said, no, no, we aren't going to do that. Sports at 25 and 55 on WTOP. 
George Wallace is here with some baseball. Yeah, the Nationals uh, this afternoon beat the Red Sox, but we got to see uh, Jackson Rutledge for the first time this spring. Not the greatest of performances for him in two innings of work. Uh, four, uh, two runs on four hits, did walk three and three strikeouts. Joey Gallo, a two-run double. Victor Robles has reached base now in four of seven appearances this spring with uh, three walks. Uh, Mason Thompson, the news, having Tommy John surgery out of the bullpen, so he's going to be missing the season. Remember Juan Soto? He used to play here? Uh, yeah. yeah, kind of. Yeah. Kind of. 